Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's top hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you had a fantastic 4th of July. We have a bunch of stuff to get to. Obviously, we will discuss the SCOTUS rulings. Mm. Wow. There's a reason their name sounds like a pair of testicles. <laughs> Look at the SCOTUS. Yeah, I like it. Nice. That's the skin flap holding in the Supreme Court. That is absolutely batshit. So we will discuss what the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action means. And will it go as far as ending legacy enrollment when it comes to universities? Mm. I'm surprised they didn't conquer that one first. Oh, wow. What a shock. (laughs) We'll also get some polling data and a whole bunch of other great stuff for you. But before we start all of that, let's get into some sweet cocaine. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) The White House, that was the place to be July 4th, not just because it was celebrating America's Independence Day. It's also because people were doing a bunch of fucking blow (laughs) and then doing God knows what, talking to the Lincoln statues or maybe looking at a a painting of George Washington being like, are your teeth really wooden? (laughs) Who knows what happened? So a bunch of testing has been done in a powdery substance that was found by the Secret Service. On Sunday in the White House, as a matter of fact, the White House was evacuated, except for one guy who really wanted to go back in and get his cocaine. (laughs) The Secret Service, interestingly enough, a group of people that are commonly known for their use of cocaine and partying. If you take a look at many scandals regarding the Secret Service, perhaps the largest one being a hungover person who was hanging out behind John F. Kennedy as he rolled down Dealey Plaza, maybe popping him in the back of the head because he had too much to drink the night before. We just don't know. But I'm going to assume... Usual suspects, guys, who's doing this cocaine? Secret Service? It's Hunter Biden. It's Hunter Biden. And we all know it's Hunter Biden. (laughs) Hunter Biden was also just seen going 178 miles uh, an hour on his way to Las Vegas while smoking crack. But that's what they're supposed to do. (laughs) Hell yeah. I was talking with Henry about this earlier. At least Hunter Biden isn't going to try to uh, negotiate peace between Israel and Palestine. He's doing (laughs) drugs. That's Mm. what you're supposed to do. You're the son of a senator. The wrong son died. Everyone wants Bo (laughs) to be alive. Oh, that's so mean. (laughs) So what's Hunter going to do? But a bunch of crack and maybe bring some cocaine to the White House because hanging out with Papa Joe and his wife might get a little boring. Oh, yeah. You got to have a good time. Let's not pretend Hunter Biden's the only son of a president that does coke. Donald Trump Jr.'s most coked out son of a president since 
Chelsea Clinton. Well, she's not. Well, so you get the there idea. we you get go. The idea. Now, Chelsea never did any cocaine. She was far too traumatized by her entire father's presidency and yeah. then the lack of her mother's presidency. I'm pretty sure if she did cocaine, she would just openly weep and um, not be fun to be around. <laughs> right, However, right. Hunter, I'm partying with Hunter Ugh. over any of the politicians' kids. I'm oh, going to yeah. go out and smoke a bunch of crack with Hunter Biden, hear what he has to tell me. You know, the, what, what are the Chinese really up to? Let me know, Hunter. Here's a pipe. Well, don't forget, George W. Bush was known for doing cocaine when he was younger. And Lord knows, Ronnie Reagan Jr., that guy's wild. I see him on TV now and then. And I'm just like, you know what? He was probably a lot of fun in the 80s. He must have been, of course, Ronald Reagan, a man who would have put someone like Hunter Biden behind prison for the rest of his life Mm. if, of course, Hunter Biden wasn't related to the most powerful person in the world right now in Joe Biden. That's where the hypocrisy comes in, and this is where the argument does stand. There's a funny side-by-side, not so funny, actually really devastating to the country and millions of millions of Americans, where Joe Biden was talking about crack cocaine and how harmful it is and how the only people that use it are savages Uh and super predators and Uh super criminals, and they need to be behind bars for a minimum of five years. Mm. literally in the clip he's like if you have a, a crack cocaine the size of a nickel that's five years in prison and then it's just supposed with his son smoking a bunch of crack in a, mm-hmm. a in a uh, hotel room bed yes. yeah so the double standard is obviously really massive mm-hmm. which of course plays into our conversation we'll have here in a little bit regarding affirmative action but the white house the secret service they have said that we don't know who brought it in but it was zip closed in a bag near the entrance where visitors taking tours were directed to leave their phones. So maybe Mm. someone's just coming to tour the White House. They're all tweaked out of their fucking mind. What a great way to do it. (laughs) And they're like, please leave your phones and, uh, you know, any kind of objects that might kill the president right here on the way uh, before you enter the White House. And someone said, well, you know what? If Joe Biden has even a sniff of cocaine, he's going to continue to mumble and mumble and mumble for years. Maybe we should just leave this right here. What's crazy to me is why wouldn't this just get like swept under the rug? They became well, it's a cocaine. whole. You want to put it Ooh. in your nose? It's yeah. a, whole, <laughs> a whole national incident. I don't know. It's. It, I don't know, Ben. I, I'm seeing conspiracies all over this. This is too much for me. This you is, think it's too much? You think that Hunter would say, "I never leave my cocaine anywhere. It's always in me or on me." He, I mean, right. he he, uh, he would have been making it into crack. How did he forget? The well, mo- he also does coke now. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Also, okay. Yes, crack is also a weaker version of cocaine. It, you got to demonize. The, yeah. There's a whole bunch of process. You got to, <laughs> I don't know, you got to talk to one of Travis's younger friends to figure out what, what the <laughs> blowtorch is involved. I stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. You got to cook it in the kitchen. That's what that's a uh, reference to. Absolutely. So you think that perhaps this is someone planting evidence in the White House, yeah, Fernando. Oh. Exactly. You know, again, everyone's trying to disprove Biden. Everyone's trying to, to say that he's, uh, you know, soft on crime, soft on his son. What a way to prove than leave cocaine in the White House. Yeah, you know? perhaps. Like, well, and we, of course, we've seen the footage and mostly Joe Biden is rock hard <laughs> when it comes to people's sons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of a little fun story that's going absolutely nowhere. At least someone who was visiting the White House was like, fuck, I got my goddamn cocaine with me. Why would Shit. you, br- yeah, why or would you at, bring it? Or at most, because you're having fun with it. Or at most, it was Hunter Biden, and neither of those uh, incidents well, really matter that much to me. 
Secret <laughs> Service. Don't forget, Secret Service is always in play, right? Yeah. They are. They go down to Colombia. Those stories that came out of, uh, from Colombia during Barack Obama's administration with the Secret Service, they know where to get the good stuff, and they know how to leave evidence behind very well. Well, that is true. <laughs> the Secret Service is not the CIA, and it's obvious when it looks uh, when you see their hotel rooms after they're leaving for a weekend. <laughs> it looks like they had a party. They had a great yeah. time. Yeah, CIA it looks like Van Halen was in town. The CIA could butcher a child and drink their blood, and then the, on Monday morning, they'd be like, this is the cleanest hotel room right. I've ever seen. <laughs> it's the difference between the Secret Service and the CIA. All right. Well, let's do a quick update on what we talked about last episode regarding children and lunch. This idea that there's free lunch anywhere is bullshit. Again, it's paid for by our tax dollars, and that's exactly where I want them going so that we don't have starving children in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And I am not alone in that. Nearly 70% of United States citizens support school lunches. There was a bill that was actually introduced in Congress. Uh, right now, the bill is going through the channels, and it looks as if the bill has stalled and its future remains in doubt. Oh, So these people are actively, actively taking sandwiches out of the mouths of children. Right. Uh, perhaps they think these children are just uh, too high on cocaine to even want to eat. I don't know. These welfare queens, these eight-year-olds with their mouths and their tummies. Yeah, God forbid. Nearly a third of students who relied on free lunch programs no longer have access to their daily free meal. Again, it's one freaking meal. Mm. And we've seen school lunches. It's not like we're right. dealing with, we're, we're not serving foie gras or these <laughs> no. things that are quite expensive. No. These are at most uh, deli sandwiches from a deli that wouldn't pass inspection. So the number of student lunches now has fallen to the lowest that it has been before Aww. the pandemic. The name of the bill, or the name of the act, was the Universal School Meals Program Act of 2023. It proposes to make meals available without the hurdles, barriers, and red tape that have complicated access for many children Following the expiration of the pandemic era lunch relief program. But again, it is completely dead on arrival. So that is just very unfortunate. Again, the Congress working against 70%, the will of 70% of people in this country. Also, who are the 30% that say they want kids starving? That's crazy to me. It's stupid and it's just total ignorance. And it's what's the rationale? Yeah, I I can only imagine it'd be if people are not parents. There's probably just some people like I don't want to pay for somebody else's kids to eat. But you know, like you said on the last show, Ben, I think it's a perfectly good use of our taxpayer dollars, and it's not that expensive compared to the bonds and tanks we're buying every freaking week. Absolutely, and of course, when those people go on, I mean, it, it, a lot of the crimes that are occurring, you know, when it comes to theft, obviously, there's just some kids doing stupid kid shit, just like I used to do. But there are some people who are out there struggling to get food. So you got to go steal a Snickers bar every now and again. And it can lead to absolute horrible run ins with law enforcement, as we saw with someone like Michael Brown in Ferguson. I believe maybe he stole a couple of cigars as well, like all good 17 year old boys do, including myself. So it's not just about a free meal. And this government, as Travis said, that gives so much money, 400 million. What was it? Just the 400 million bucks just given to Ukraine, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't forget, I mean, $866 billion military budget, the highest ever in our history. 
Let our children eat. I imagine those 30% that are against this are the probably the, the very vocal or probably the very rich 30% that mm, probably yeah. gain from this. What you always say, you know, quid yeah, pro quo. But, but what is the, where, what else are they going to spend the money on? They're, you know, there was, uh, go on. Well, that they're not going to spend the money. They want you to spend your money, Ben, because you're sending your kid to school. I sell a contract. I'm, I'm being the evil guy here. I sell a contract to the school for food, for whatever. All of a sudden, I'm generating income that I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have generated as much if it was free lunch. I have no freaking idea. I mean, also, these are government contracts that the people can get, that these organizations will get. Um, so it, it's just pure and utter disdain for the fellow human being. And we are talking about children and just giving them lunch, which I cannot believe is that partisan of an issue. But apparently it is nowadays. It's crazy. Um, also, there was just a, a a fantastic article where where are they spending our money? There was just an interesting article in the uh, state here of California where they are selling footage from CCTV cameras to anti-abortion states. Yes. Yes. So, you know, that's where the money goes. More yeah. CCTV cameras, more Boston Dynamics robots, making sure that no one is allowed to have a good time here in America. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Of course, there is a lot of fun to be had when it comes to pornography, Ooh. unless you're in Virginia. Ooh, no more. Uh. So Virginia, they're, they're, this state, their local state house, they passed a response. They, they passed a re age restriction. Uh, you got to go on. Every time you look at porn, there's a little thing and you got to put your, your name age. in yeah. there. You got to put your address in there. You'll be like, yeah, my name is Rodney. I'm 69. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm 39. Nice. Um, and that's why I'm here on Pornhub trying to look at boobies and buttholes. Virginians, however, there has been a backlash by Pornhub. They no longer get it. Oof. That's the rule. Pornhub said, fine, you want to make our lives more difficult where your life is just going to get a lot, lot harder. It's a series of people who are being edged. And I'm not sure if I want my Virginians <laughs> not to come. <laughs> I, I think that they might be a better people uh, when they're fully satisfied sexually. Oh, sure. I mean, the state was named for our dear virgin queen, Queen Elizabeth, of course. And that's why it's called Virginia. So I say, oh. let my people come. I agree with that. And obviously we had Charlottesville. There's a lot of pent up aggression in Virginia. I'm not sure if banning Pornhub or forcing Pornhub to pull their website to the people for the people of Virginia is really the way to go. And again, this is what happens when the legislator is too busy, focused on culture war bullshit and doesn't do anything to fix roads or, again, 
the children no longer allowed to get porno if you are in Virginia. Where where does parent responsibility fall? I mean, at what yeah. point? So you're basically yeah. rather than saying, "Hey, stop your kids from looking at porn or do better," you know, do better at home as a parent. Yeah, you basically Mississippi and Virginia. I can't, I can't bust the nut well, there anymore. There's also yeah. like on on every computer you can put the parental guidance on yes, there. Obviously, exactly. the kids get right. smart enough. Yeah. And, Basically, you know, the kids are going to find a way if they want to. But this isn't even about that. This is about gaining access and gaining data from people who wanted to go on yes, Pornhub as exactly. adults. Because basically, Virginia would force people to give their IP addresses. Exactly. And from there, God knows, next thing you know, there's a leak. And and Mr. Carlson, the fantastic eighth grade teacher, oh, it turns out he's been watching a bunch of you know, gang bangs out of Thailand and he's fired. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, yeah. Or, or whatever the most popular Pornhub searches in Virginia. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of, of that Utah law that we had spoken about, uh, I think a few weeks or a few months ago, same deal, right? They're trying to restrict who can watch porn and how and where within that state. And you got to think Virginia is nothing like Utah. But then I remembered who got Glenn Youngkin elected governor here just a few years ago. And it was all those angry PTO parents. And all those right. little counties, right? They flipped all the Joe Biden counties to Glenn Youngkin, and it was all over school rights and school issues. So that's what you got to think is putting that into the, the state legislature's ear and probably Governor Youngkin. Well, of course, again, it's done nothing to advance freedom in the state of Virginia. According to porn actress uh, Sherry DeVille, <laughs> maybe you've seen some of her winking. So... <laughs> She says, as you may know, your elected officials in Virginia are requiring us to verify your age before allowing you to access our website. Well, safety and compliance are in the forefront of our mission, giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users. And in fact, will put children at risk and your privacy at risk as well. I can just see this already being used for small political gamesmanship mm. all around state houses throughout this country, being mm. like, you know what Larry looks at, right? <laughs> right? Now that's not the water sports that I remember. <laughs> Where's Crocodile Run? Okay. Also, when it comes to people who are running for president, my God, we got to get to DeSantis, and obviously we'll get to the Supreme Court. But looks like Brian Kemp <laughs> out of Georgia he is making plans to announce shortly. Now, Brian Kemp, of course, on the forefront of allegations against Donald Trump for Donald Trump wanting him to find 11,000 votes, make them up out of thin air. That is, of course, why the idea that the election was fraudulent and stolen is hilarious in so many ways, because Donald Trump tried to do exactly that. Brian Kemp said he would not do that as governor. And because of that, he had the ire of Donald Trump, a man who supported a candidate that ran against Brian Kemp in his last cycle. Kemp, I suppose, thinking he's got some national name recognition now, seeing the Republican field is no longer going to be dominated by Ron DeSantis, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. still dominated by Donald Trump. He's thrown his name in the ring as well. So the numbers keep on, people keep on coming in and we'll see what the numbers add up to. I, do you think that Brian Kemp has, is there any, any traction for this guy? I don't know. I don't know what his likability is outside of the state of Georgia. I mean, keep in mind, he only 
has become governor of Georgia because he ran against Stacey Abrams twice. And the first time he was the secretary of state and he was counting the votes. Right. So, <laughs> I just don't see, again, what the appeal does. And like you just said, these numbers keep adding up. But you know who else's numbers keep adding up? Donald Trump's. His numbers have gone up. His fundraising has gone up. DeSantis is going down. And the more and more never-Trumper, non-Trump Republican candidates you have, they just keep splitting up the non-Trump vote like it did in 2016. Yeah, it really is interesting. I almost wonder if someone like Brian Kemp getting in does more damage than good when it comes to uh, his desire not to see Donald Trump president. Well, I mean, he's he's been in, he was a never Trumper, even in the middle of all the Trump praise. I mean, he was telling him. Yeah, but I'm, he also he. Well, and I yes, mean, not giving you the votes. I mean, that that was big. I mean, in the in the presidency, the president telling you, give me those votes. And you're like, sorry, and he buddy. Said, I'm yeah. not going to commit an act of treason. Exactly. And isn't that that was the bar. That yeah, really is. Oh, that's right. And and then you're if you're sitting there, you're watching the field. You're watching Tim Scott act like an idiot. You're watching DeSantis act like an idiot. You know, uh, you might be like, hey, maybe I do kind of have a standing here. Yeah, well, sure. possibly with the failures of everybody else. He says, well, I can fail, too, just as well <laughs> as these guys. There is somebody who is climbing. Nobody else really has yet. Tim Scott staying around three. Uh Chris Christie doing anything that he can oh, poor boy. to maintain some kind of relevance. But there is a candidate that is rising within the Republican ranks. Now, granted, it's only about a couple of percentage points here in the most recent poll from the Echelon Insights poll. Uh, that is Vivek Ramaswamy. Whoa. So Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, he is a biotech engineer, and he is now polling at 10 percentage points. So that puts him in third behind Ron DeSantis at 16 percentage points, and, of course, Donald Trump at 49%. Vivek has been uh, blasting himself on television. Obviously, a lot of that is pay to play, and certainly he's got enough cash to have a little fun with it. Uh, he's 36, 37 years old. Um, it, it's the idea of a biotech engineer that's never held, held any office whatsoever. I'm not sure what the... Uh, I'm not sure what the chances are here, but it seems as if he's definitely going out and attempting to hit this sort of moderate, almost Andrew Yang-ish chord when it comes to bringing sanity back to American politics. And that's why we need just a good old biotech engineer. I disagree with you because he's the same guy that went up there and said he wants to raise the voting age or make oh, it sure, to 25 and have a civics test. Yeah, exactly. That or, was ridiculous. Or that you can only vote at 18 if you did service. So I, I, I hear you what you're saying, Ben, and maybe he maybe people see him and they're like, oh, he's young. He's 38. He's a new fresh mind. But then you hear what he's actually saying, and he's just Republican crazy business. Sure, but you know. that would do well in a Republican primary. And I think Ben made a good point there. It's all paid for by himself. He is a multi multi-millionaire. And I think that's the real secret that's pushing his numbers up right now is that mm. all these other folks, again, these non-Trumpers who are governors and senators, sometimes when you're just an entrepreneur and you got no other job, you do not in actually public service right now, you just keep pumping money into your campaign. This is like a full-time job for him right now. It is interesting. And just when you listen to him speak with the Andrew Yang comparison, he's trying to position himself as like the rational Right. I'm just yes. intellectual. I'm yes. just looking at the numbers. Let's stop with all this politic bull bullshit, all the BS. Of course, Andrew Yang, a man who doesn't even have positions on uh, pro-life or abortion right, stances, right. a man who's just found himself to be in no man's land because he hasn't taken a side on anything, which is also a horrible way 
to potentially govern. But we've been talking about where are the points going as dissent just continues to collapse. And some of those percentage points now look to be going to Vivek as, again, Donald Trump still around 49 to 51 percent. So perhaps some of those people sniffing around that are still never Trumpers that were maybe DeSantis uh, acolytes have said that DeSantis has gone too far. He's even gotten, when it comes to um, DeSantis, that is, he's even caught the attention of Republicans and they've been demonized by Republicans for a video that he made that was so fucking blatantly homophobic. (laughs) It almost seems like it was on Adult Swim. (laughs) Right. Like a fake, fake campaign commercial. He has this ad campaign that gay Republicans and even Trump himself are like, this is like fucking insane. He says, basically, the campaign, it's a video. It says, to wrap up Pride Month, let's hear from the politician that did more than any other Republican to celebrate it. And then it shows uh, Donald Trump and it shows Trump's pledge to, quote, do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ Hmm. citizens. Richard Grinnell, a man who uh, who I've met a few times on Fox News, he says this is undeniably homophobic. And Richard Grinnell, again, somebody who had been backing DeSantis, someone who worked with Donald Trump and someone who is oftentimes turning a blind eye to uh, Republican homophobia. Yeah. Even for him, this has now gone <laughs> entirely too far. So what the this DeSantis is so he's doing the opposite of building a coalition. The coalition he has, he continues to crack like peanut brittle, and it's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And at the end, he's going to be the lone nut standing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This reminds me of what they used to say about Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. The more you see her, the more she talks, the less people like her. And I think Ron DeSantis, obviously that was other people's opinions, but Ron DeSantis, I think, is finding himself completely in that same grain the more he talks, the more he goes out there, the more he tries to engage, the more he writes a book and tries to sell it. And now he's actually making campaign commercials. And don't forget about his horrific campaign launch. There's nothing that this dude can do right in his presidential campaign. Not one thing. To me, that's a clear indicator of a person who has no actual policies. Absolutely. That they're just going on basically sure. sensationalism politics. Because, anti-woke, yeah, anti-woke. Exactly. He tries to, because if you, when you actually put his argument up to the test, there is no argument. He's just no. out there mouthing off. He can't argue that he's pro-business because he's trying to take on Walt Disney. He can't argue that he's pro-working class because he's union-busted everyone. Exactly. He can't argue that he's helped anybody. Exactly. And it's unfortunate because the state of Florida has a massive gay community, obviously Miami uh, gay haven. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just petty politics and it's absolute and utter worst. According to Trump advisor Jason Miller, who has facial hair who looks that looks like he sat on a trucker's asshole, um, he yeah. said somebody's getting fired over the DeSantis campaign post. Uh, and obviously the log cabin Republicans, um, they have come out and uh, absolutely said this is this is horrible. And um, they don't uh, they believe that DeSantis has gone too far. The group tweeted, DeSantis and his team can't tell the difference between common sense gays and the radical left gays. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. He says, they say he has just ventured into homophobic territory. This is what happens when you're seen as an other by a group of people. As mm-hmm. soon as they want to come for you, yep. they're like, no, no, I was one of the nice ones. Mm-hmm. 
It's like anyone who was like, you know, hanging out and being like, I don't break the law. So I don't care about any of the laws out there because I don't break any laws. No, they're coming for you next. Until they come for yeah. you. So log cabin Republicans are like, I've only been sucking good old Christian cock. <laughs> I'm your kind of gay DeSantis. Do you think these people give a shit? Uh, they'll throw the bait. They'll, they'll lump you all together. So it's important to remember. Exactly. You have to remember that they start at one end of the table and they're going to end up at your end of the table eventually. At some right? point. They're yeah. like, no, but we're the good gays. No. I pray every day to hot Jesus. I, every day I take off the robe of Jesus and look at him. Jesus is really cut. The cum gutters, you know. It's the- <laughs> I know the cum gutters of Christ. But it's just so crazy to me with, with DeSantis. He had the home game advantage. He had Cuba on his side. Some of the most conservative people on the planet. And he failed. He lost mm-hmm. literally the whole state is just like. Unbelievable. Yes. Like, yeah. what the fuck? And it's within weeks, months, tops. You can see the state just slowly getting softer. It's about to touch tips with Texas if it's not careful. <laughs> also, Ron DeSantis taking uh, a page out of Rick Perry's book for some reason. Of course, the former governor of Texas. A real schmuck in every sense of the word. A guy who takes a limousine to a truck and then he drives a mile to go pretend like he's working class and then puts his suit back on and drives back to his limousine. DeSantis has said he wants to cut uh, the education department, the IRS and two other agencies. He wants to cut the Department of Energy, the IRS, Department of Commerce and Department of Education. Oops. It reminds me a lot of. Uh, again, what Rick Perry was saying on the campaign stage. Or what he was Interest- trying to say on the campaign stage. Yes. And ironically enough, first of all, he'll never do this. If he was president, he would absolutely, absolutely never not. do this. Absolutely not. Right. Um, we know that because, oops, Rick's, uh, Rick Perry, he said he wanted to cut the Department of Energy and then he was put in head of it. He was put, yeah, put in charge of it. Put in charge. <laughs> so uh, he didn't cut it. He Apparently he liked that money. He now yeah. needs it. Well, what a stunner. Um. And when it comes to like, oh, yeah, the idea of cutting the IRS, I mean, who doesn't love that? Right. But uh, they'll get their money. Right. They always do. So if you want to call it something different, whatever, it's just obvious, such red meat. I guess it's playing to that same 30% of people who don't want kids to have free school lunches. Be like, well, just cut Mm. the Department of Education. Because God knows that's uh, we need less of that in this country. (laughs) <laughs> or, or again, or maybe Ron is so smart that he's playing some really long, long game for the Republicans. I don't he's, think so. He, I, I don't think so either. But mm. he's eliminating education, so there's going to be less Democrat, less educated people. There's going to be more people because the, no one has the right to get an abortion. You know, so well, that just, is one interesting thing. There's been ten thousand uh, births now uh, since Roe has been overturned in Texas. There's ten thousand babies uh, that are born now. And again, we see the backdrop of no free school lunches, no support. They're mm-hmm. gutting, you know, SNAP and and WIC and everything else under the sun. We're going to see how this social experiment works out. Then we and, give him uh, the ability to work at 14, Ben. Again, it's yeah. I, 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 I mean, maybe he doesn't realize it, but maybe Ron DeSantis is just doing this like, you know, long game, 10 year, 20 year service to the Republican Party. And when it comes to the Department of Education, well, when it comes to all of these departments, I think all of them could be audited and probably half the people could be fired. Oh, absolutely. The bureaucracy is horrible. How are we spending more money on education than any other country? And we're like, not dead last. None of us can add. None of us. We're pretty much dead last in Western cultures, yeah. you know, and we spend more money than anybody else. So I'm fine with doing away with the bureaucracy and some of the red tape. But this is why he's just such a fucking asshole. And it's, it's so I'm just going to cut it. It's going to cut it. That's not even that's not even leadership. Right. 
You know, that's not good. Leadership is like, oh, let's go look at it. Where is the money going? Why is this person getting five hundred thousand dollars a year? What do they do? You're fired. But if but if you're scrolling on Facebook, if you're scrolling through Instagram, his crazy sensational. Oh, he wants to eliminate the IRS. He wants to eliminate the Department of Energy. That's that clickable thing. Again, no policy, no policy, just spouting things out that he hopes will like if you throw enough spaghetti at the wall, some of it will stick. Right. Mm -hmm. Or or ketchup. If you're Donald Trump, of course. So this was uh, talking about the IRS. Um, He called it a corrupt organization. I'm not even going to disagree with him on that. But then he said, uh, we need something totally different. It would be welcoming to take this tax system, chuck it out the window and do something that's more favorable to the average folks. I believe that this man will do something favorable for the average folks uh, as soon as he loses every fucking dime that he has. And he has to pretend like he always wasn't an asshole. Right. right. Um, the current fiscal budgets for the commerce and energy education departments were $109 billion, $160 billion, $194 billion, respectively. And the IRS has, to, has cut close to 20% of its staff since 2010. So billions of dollars. Of course, when it comes to the um, energy department, they're in control of the nukes, a much more powerful department than a lot of people think. But all of that money... Where is it going? How is it helping children when it comes to education? When it comes to energy, why aren't our grids? Like, I can go piss out the lights of North Carolina, really, of, of, of North Hollywood. <laughs> you can shoot yeah. them out, literally. The literally. Fact, yeah. why, why are our power grids not up to code? Mm-hmm. Why is everything falling the fuck apart if they have $160 billion annually? So yeah. talk about that. Figure that out. Yeah, there's so many issues. And I think you guys tapped into something key here about how people think they're going to succeed in this Republican primary. And that is the sensationalism, right? That, that they're going for these, we'll just cut this, cut this anti-woke. And there's no real policy to any of it. And I think, you know, as we've talked about winning the Republican primary one way, it, I mean, it's, it's one thing entirely different from going out and winning a general election and actually talking about policies to moderate and independent voters. So I just don't see any of these campaign promises or whatever the hell they're talking about, they're not going to actually happen in real life. No. But again, it's just, it seems to be, and keep in mind, Trump still sitting at 49, 51% of the vote in the Republican primary anyway, but this just seems to be the only way these non-Trumpers are trying to get a, a foothold anywhere in this primary. So weird. And it's just so counterintuitive to what's going to make this country better. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, all right. Well, speaking of counterintuitive, Here let's discuss the Supreme Court. <laughs> there is one case I would like to say that I actually don't totally disagree with. 
Um, the Supreme Court did make it easier for uh, employees to seek religious accommodations. Okay. Um, this happened to be a Christian dude named Gerald Groff. Uh, he didn't want to work on Sundays because he says, I'm Christian. That's a holy day. And the Supreme Court has said he has that right. Great. So I actually agree with that. Great. Yes, the vote on this was nine to nothing. Oh, wow. Um, so all Supreme Court justices uh, agree that it is vital that employees have religious accommodations and exemptions. Do you think it'll apply to anything that isn't Christian religion? It must. Hopefully. I believe that it would. Must. Hopefully. It, yes. <laughs> well, I think that, yeah, in this case, it, but people have come forward of different religions. Nine does nothing is, is, is encouraging. Yes, I agree. You know? I but agree. I do agree with you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So let's talk students for fair admissions versus University of North Carolina and students for fair admissions versus Harvard College. This is a vote that turned out to be six to three. Um, this was about affirmative action, for lack of a better term. And the Supreme Court has now officially said affirmative action is unconstitutional. Uh, Justice Brown Jackson was recused in the Harvard case, which went to be six to two, I believe, because she went to Harvard and she actually did use affirmative action, as well as, of course, Clarence Thomas, who got his education at the collegiate level in thanks to um, affirmative action and the help of that program. So um, more coming from this Supreme Court. What if freaking has it been a when was Roe done? A year. What, what, like a year. A year. What a year. Yeah. Um, wow. So what do you guys think uh, as far as. So basically, they're taking the argument. The conservative justices took this idea that it was discriminatory, mostly against Asian students who were testing higher mm -hmm. than whites and other and, and mm -hmm. other folks. And so they took this argument. They kind of flipped it and said, well, that would be racist against Asians. Right. Right. The fact of the matter is Clarence Thomas and Kentaji Brown Jackson are on the Supreme Court with assistance to from affirmative action. Sotomayor, too, as a Latina, and if you think about it. Right. This is, I'm not sure if she was in the program or if, I'm not right. sure. But. This is just one of those things, as we've seen with colleges, where um, it's exceptionally difficult for groups of people that are not being seen to be seen by these institutions. Harvard is a, has a history of, you know, just taking money from Jeffrey Epstein, uh, espousing liberal values and turning its back on huge swaths of the American people. The other problem with uh, what's happening here is many people are saying, well, what about when it comes to legacy admissions, they didn't do anything mm -hmm. to end legacy admissions, which is such an example of the hypocrisy between these two um, different right. cases. So it will be a case before the Supreme Court to potentially end legacy admissions. Seventy percent of the people that go to these institutions are there because grandpappy or pappy or mommy uh, went there. Yeah, legacy. Exactly. That is far more significant than a program such as affirmative action. But still, people in those colleges, we don't think of them as like, well, he's only here because of his dad. We don't think of them like that. Mm -hmm. And that is the exact reason why they are there. So this idea that it's a meritocracy to get into a university has been bullshit for a long time. Right. Not to mention the prices alone. Right. Which is right. exceptionally exclusionary. So this Supreme Court, I mean, it continues to just erode years and years and years of public trust in our institutions. And I, I just don't think that this is going to be good for the morale of the country. And perhaps this is going to be a wake up call to um, a lot of people when it comes to 
how powerful lifetime appointments are. And these guys aren't going anywhere for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's really, I don't know what else this court, who knows where this court goes in the future. I will say one thing when it comes to Clarence Thomas, a lot of people have been forgetting that Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett exist. Right. A lot of people are just shitting on Clarence Thomas. And this is where white people feel like they get to be really racist. And uh, yeah. <laughs> he knows more about being a black man than I do. And he knows more about black culture than I do. I don't, I, I don't, I didn't grow up like him. Obviously. I have no idea what his right. like. So I actually feel like for, because obviously this is a racial conversation. Everyone's talking Clarence Thomas because he didn't vote the right way. But Amy Coney fucking Barrett, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. I don't think enough people are, fuck them. Right. Like truly fuck those three people. Amy almost. Well, that's almost sexist. To me. All of them, you know, but I do think that was one interesting thing when it comes to the coverage. Just, you know, you have, you know, Professor Eric Dyson going on and just shitting on Clarence Thomas for minutes and minutes and minutes. That's one vote. Right. It takes it four. It took, yeah. uh, you know, what does it take? Five. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't the other judges don't get a pass on this. Right. And that was just one of the things that I thought was a little hypocritical. It's like, I don't know his story. I know that he's bought and sold now by billionaires. But Amy Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Gorsuch. Wow. Talk about just utter disdain, seemingly disdain for, uh, for other people wanting to get an education in this country, which is already almost impossible. That's how I feel about how Sotomayor and Miss Katanji Jackson must feel. Because imagine you're at the top of your class and then through through magic, you know, we're talking about Ketanji John, uh, Jackson here, uh, through like affirmative action, you Harvard finds you and brings you into the school. And then you face four years of, I'm sure, extreme racism and classism because she probably wasn't very rich, but everyone in the class was rich. And then you sit there, Ben, you make it to the top. You make it to the top court of the nation. You have the gavel. You have the power to make decisions. And then across from you are four other people that truly do not care, you know, that mm. truly are bought that right. have been bought, that are corrupted. And, you know, that's what Sotomayor and Katanji Jackson basically are facing. It's just, so you, 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 you point out, you know, Clarence Thomas, yeah, he's one of the problem. He's not the only problem. He's part of the problem. The other point I wanted to make was uh, basically how they, they basically use the Asian scapegoat. They basically said, oh, Asian students aren't able to get into Harvard, so we're trying to represent them. But the reality is they don't care about these Asian students. They just managed to pick someone who they could basically ride to make a point out of, kind of like a scapegoat. But the reality is this isn't going to help Asian students. It, the only people getting into Harvard are what you said, legacy students. This is not going to improve things for Asian students, and it's only going to make things worse for people that were only benefiting from affirmative action. So in 2021, as a matter of fact, when it comes to college enrollment, 60 percent of college enrollments oh, uh, enrollees, I suppose, were Asian, 38 percent white, 37 percent black, uh, and then 35 uh, percent Hispanic with American Indians and Alaska Natives being 28%. This is also going to have a lot more to say when it comes to financial um, help as well. Of course, affirmative action, yes, this is also race-based, but we have to think about the economics behind it. And none of these things are holding universities accountable for having an education promise that is absolutely impossible to fulfill. Yeah. You know, if you spend $500,000, you know, dollars uh, to get a degree in romantic comedy studies, which you truly can, you're not yeah. making any money in the real life. And the universities promise you all the gold at the end of the rainbow that simply doesn't exist. That's not being taken into account. I almost think it's fraudulent. Trump University is just par for the course as far as 
these schools go. And again, the fact that they did not take into account the irony that they have allowed legacy admissions to stay in place is why so many people are questioning this simply as racially motivated, uh, pulling the ladder up, as many people have said, regarding, uh, well, mostly uh, black kids. So who are many of them not going to be looked at any longer for uh, for college. Right. And, you know, you, you nailed it about just how out of touch these justices are. And yes, some of them, because they're what in their 50s are going to be around for a lot longer. Dude, forever. But what you did, what they did here with this this ruling, I mean, we have one of the most diverse generations coming up right now, Gen Z. And then the next generation after that, we've talked about on the show, generations just keep getting more and more diverse. And so what does this say to all these millions and millions of young American kids who are looking at big colleges like Harvard or Yale or Columbia and, and trying to go reach their full potential? What kind of message does this send to them? In addition to the fact that last week, and another completely different decision, the Supreme Court also basically killed the Biden administration's uh, hope of trying to cancel just ten thousand dollars right. in student debt. So that was also killed. So yeah, they said it was unconstitutional. If, and that's the thing. So it's almost just like at this point, all of these programs trying to help people go to college being unconstitutional. It's just making college education unattainable. And. When it comes to the Gavin Newsom's of the world, Gavin, of course, wanting to replace Biden at the top of the ticket without a doubt, he's making some hard plays. He talked about how the Supreme Court is racist and horrible. Well, California is one of the states that has banned affirmative action. Mm. California had it banned before. (laughs) Right. So the Supreme Court is officially on par with the liberal California justices. (laughs) Wow. So it's a problem everywhere. And California, again, it's I think it's the fifth worst state to be a black male in when it comes to economics and incarceration. Um, So. Shut the fuck up, Gavin. Right, and legacy. Please. And And legacy, of course. Speaking of legacy, oh my God, Gavin Newsom. So, with the idea of ending legacy uh, in missions, actually is uniting both sides. Tim Scott, again, a man out of South Carolina who is running for president, uh, he says they need to find a way to end legacy um, in missions. And um, he says they're looking for a way to improve the footprint of Harvard. Let's make sure that all admissions are based on academic scores and not just eliminating affirmative action, but let's look at legacy programs. Let's look at the fact that professors, kids can go to schools as well. Yes. Could go to that school as well. And then obviously uh, AOC, she went on Twitter and said uh, that she um, thinks that it's ludicrous, the colorblindness claims. And if they wasn't colorblind, they would have done away with legacy admissions along with affirmative action if they truly wanted this to be a colorblind policy. Yes. So the Supreme Court, once again, just if it's not true, they certainly don't seem to mind looking like um, just law stripping everyday American hating people. I don't know why. I don't like you might as well add it in there then if you're going to do this. Well, and you got to think all their billionaire friends probably have something to do with it, right? And what do the billionaires care? Yeah. Yeah, the Harlan fella is just telling him, you know, uh, I still want my kid to go to Harvard. It's like, you got it, Harlan. I mean, it's just the backroom deals. This is obviously, and I know other people have said it better than I uh, ever could, but this is probably, you know, just the most activist Supreme Court we've ever had since maybe the early 20th century tops. 
It really is. And so I know that a lot of people going into the July 4th weekend weren't exactly stoked uh, (laughs) with where the country. About one of our branches of government. Yes, with where the country is going. And yeah, the, um, I don't know, these court, it's the idea that they're an apolitical entity, I believe, is officially out of the minds of any American. I just, I honestly, I feel bad for it's uh, for a lot of the Asian students that got tricked into believing that this is for the, every for anyone's benefit, you know, because yeah. because uh, again, if you weren't getting into Harvard now, it probably didn't have anything to do with your with your test scores. Just just putting that out there. Well, you know, interestingly <laughs> enough, also schools are now, you know, a lot of them are taking away the SATs or the ACT recommendations. I think Harvard doesn't even use. As, like, I don't know them. what they so, use anymore. I mean. Again, I, I there is a rise of, rise of trade schools, I think, for a reason, because at least you learn something and then you can go get a jab and you can use it. Well, you because, know, you learn, uh, we need stuff. You learn critical thinking in college. I don't do. I, don't, I don't see any yeah. degree as a waste. What I do agree with you, Ben, is that the I job some. that I see. No, I see the job market as a as a myth. You know, like it, I agree with you that you can't. Sit- I took some classes that were so stupid. <laughs> I watched. I had one class because I was a sociology minor. I was a major and then I switched to a minor. One class, we just watched Simpsons episodes, and then the guy would be like, "Do you see what they're saying?" I was like, "Yeah, it's The Simpsons." You fucking <laughs> asshole! That's, well, that's well, so. Look, that was it's prepared you for a wonderful comedy career. We yeah, should take that, that one, professor. That class I didn't need. I think that was that probably was a, your professor, though, not the curriculum. No, no, that was the curriculum. <laughs> that was the professor's curriculum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I was like, "Oh my god!" We watched like Budweiser. I watched a lot of commercials. There were a lot of commercials being played. You'd be like, "Do you see the sexist undertones?" You'd be like, "Yeah, she's smashing a dude's fucking face with her tits and slamming a beer as she farts out <laughs> another beer." Yeah, yeah. But did but you? Anyway, they, but you're right, though. Critical thinking. <laughs> right. You do. I. I agree. I know that the mind we must form it. So I agree with that. But anyway, so last thoughts on the Supreme Court. I. I just like. I think it's really sad. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna say. Thank God they're done for the summer. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they do their worst damage in the last few weeks of June. It happened this year. It happened last year. Lord knows what they got planned for next year. Um, I'm going to shout out directly to Miss Katanji. Kata- is, I keep saying Jackson. It's Katanji Brown, right? Katanji Brown Jackson. Jackson Brown. Okay, Jackson. Ooh, Jackson Brown, the singer. I'm reaching oh. out to Miss Katanji uh, Jackson Brown and Miss Sotomayor. They're right there. They're in the same room as you. Just try and take them out. And then, <laughs> well, we'll see because uh, at the end of the day, I do think there's some tensions within the court um, because back in the day, the most liberal and the most conservative would go out to a uh, to brunch and do God knows what. RBG. RBG. Yeah, RBG, Ginsburg and Scalia. They were friends. They go to the opera together. And then they, then they also, when it comes to elections, uh, they also did this Moore versus Harper case. And the justices turned away a bid to curb state court authority over election laws. That was decided six to three. Right. Um, that that was an interesting one, too, because that was a lot of Republicans going to the U.S. Supreme Court from these state legislatures where they're trying to gerrymander their states. And they usually get slapped down by the Supreme Court within that state. So that's what the independent state legislature theory was in Moore v. Harper. Uh, by the way, that Moore is referring to our boy Speaker Moore out of North Carolina. Careful. He will sleep with your wife. <laughs> wow. But again, at least on this one, that's the thing with Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Roberts. You still kind of have these wild cards where they will side with the liberal justices on issues like this. But again, Moore v. Harper was so out there that, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court isn't going to vote to completely eradicate Supreme Court's and other states' power. 
Yeah, well, that is one thing. All right. Well, just lastly, in lighter news, uh, turns out I was correct. Oh, all of us were correct. Tucker Carlson needs Fox News a lot more than uh, Fox News needs Tucker. Um, Fox News is right back up to number one, and Tucker is quickly being forgot about. And that's exactly what happens when it comes to um, having the, the stink of Fox <laughs> News on you. That audience, they go to that channel, and they ain't looking any further for you. Um, also, Eric Adams, he's been a real piece of shit. Um, he criticized an 84-year-old Holocaust survivor, saying that she was degrading when she just simply asked him about uh, some law and uh, some housing issues that are happening in Washington Heights. It was so. such an embarrassing video. All she like, you could tell this She's woman an 84-year-old. Was, she this woman was so frustrated. She just wanted to communicate the the level of frustrating, and I guess she pointed at him. While she was like, you know, talking and I do that, Ben, you're in front of me all the time. Yeah, I, I point yeah. at you and on stop. I'm yeah. pointing at you right now. But he saw that as racist. And uh, he basically yeah. he wanted to avoid the question. He didn't have a good answer. He didn't have a good reason. Right. And so he made it about, oh, uh, you're, he's, you're speaking down to me. He's a former police officer. Yeah, so. exactly. He go fuck right. himself. Uh, the woman was Jeannie Dubnow. Uh, and she's the co-founder of the Riverside Edgecombe Neighborhood Association. And it's a tenants' rights advocacy organization in Upper Manhattan. Uh, she's had 40 years plus advocating for low-income New Yorkers. And uh, the fact that he just threw her away like that again is indicative to how he is running that city into the ground. So congratulations, Eric Adams. Um, yeah, go fuck yourself. Okay. And John Fetterman, just lastly. Boys. Our big man might have to go the way of the monster. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. So John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, obviously he needed to beat the man from New Jersey oh, in TV doctor, Dr. Oz. I'm not, uh, people are smarter than me when it comes to, you know, medical stuff. But apparently according to a Quinnipiac, uh, a Quinnipiac University poll, they found that 50% of voters now disapprove of Fetterman's performance. 39% approve. And the other 10% have no opinion, probably just because they feel bad. Um, he's not, it's, it's been difficult to watch him during the hearings and things like that. Whenever he has a chance to, it's, it's tough. But then again, you know, it's still his vote that matters, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, Pennsylvania does have a democratic governor. I don't know the in process. Shapiro, in, yeah. Right. So I don't know the process in Pennsylvania. I know in my home state of Ohio, if a senator has to retire, the governor appoints a new senator. Mm. So you wonder if Fetterman needs to get help and get out of office, you give him the praise that he deserves for beating, you know, a TV doctor from New Jersey and maybe put a, a more capable Democrat in that seat. But again, I don't know how that process works in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's too bad. I and know. He's he, so great the whole time. I love him. He had to go to Walter Reed for depression, and he says it was after that brutal, the brutality of the campaign. Some people believe it was the most vicious of political campaigns. We'll see what happens, but if you are the Dems, you need them. You need them. Yes, and very much. You need them to be strong. But, yeah, that would be interesting with uh, Shapiro there. I wonder if he could just appoint somebody. But anyway, we'll figure that out later. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Do we have anything else? Oh, yes. So we'll see you all. We have another episode this week, but we will see you in San Diego on Sunday. Whoop, whoop. That's the night. Mike drop comedy. 
And then what you can't do, hold on to the microphone because they're very expensive. Don't break them. Don't break them. Yes. And then the club gets all mad at you and they're like, you're not, you're not Chris Rock. And be like, what? I'm not. July 9th, July 9th in San Diego, July 16th, San Francisco, July 23rd, Las Vegas, and July 30th, Ontario, California. So check out those shows and anything else, boys. I got to give a shout out to... Shout out, Irvine. Shout out, Ty- Tyler first Quill. Name? Ty- oh, Tyler. you have a last name this time. Tyler Quill came up to me at the Two Dot Parade. Tyler loves the show. Thank you, Tyler, for listening. I appreciate anyone. It was a fun 4th of July, despite the bad shitness of our country. You got to still celebrate your community when you can. So thank you, Tyler, for saying hi. Absolutely. And the government doesn't make up this country. We do got to. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Ben. Get these motherfuckers out of there. Woo. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you later. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.